Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hummus Tailgate Party. I'm your host, Thomas Jackson. Uh, sorry I didn't have an episode last week. I think it's the first time I've ever missed a week in two seasons. Uh, I guess I'll take that, but life happens and got super, super busy as I am this week. So this is going to be a pretty quick episode because I'm going to do my very best to get another episode coming out to you in a couple of days. Um, kind of a different surprise episode with a guest. So we will be looking forward to that uh, the rest of the week. But for now, we will be recapping week 11 and previewing week 12. We're almost done with the regular season. It's amazing how it always flies by. And now we just have two games left in the regular season uh, coming right up on the Thanksgiving holiday and rivalry week conclusion to 2022. Um, So this past week, all the main playoff contenders took care of business, uh, most of them in blowout fashion. Uh, A lot of the games were not very competitive or entertaining, um, but TCU was probably the closest one. They defeated Texas on the road 17-10 as a seven-point underdog. Uh, That one definitely grabbed a lot of people's attention. Uh, The only Texas touchdown there came on a scoop and score in the fourth quarter, so TCU's defense did a hell of a job stopping that Texas offensive attack, uh, not even allowing a single touchdown to Quinn Ewers and the rest of the Longhorns' weapons on the offensive side of the ball. This really proves that TCU can win in basically any way imaginable. We have seen literally everything from them this year, from huge come-from-behind victories and high-scoring shootouts to this game where their offense didn't really have it. Uh, Granted, Texas's defense has been pretty, pretty stout all season long, Um, but TCU's offense definitely uh, is used to having more success week in and week out than they did in Austin on Saturday, but their defense was able to step up. Um, They were even able to overcome a scoop and score touchdown there at the end when Texas was trying to rally just to get any sort of life, Um, but this is big because it shows TCU and the playoff committee that, hey, we can't only win in blowouts, but also in a close, you know, defensive old school slugfest if we need to. So really impressive victory there for the Horn Frogs. They pay, play Baylor this upcoming weekend, and it's looking more and more likely uh, like they will indeed get one of the final four spots in the playoff here in a few weeks. Uh, when we last talked, I did the playoff episode talking about 13 teams that truly had life uh, once the initial college football playoff top 25 rankings came out. We are down from 13 to 9 in the playoff hunt. And granted, that's being pretty generous. Uh, We're reaching a little bit for the last couple teams there um, in that nine. And it includes LSU, who was not in the original 13, but now I believe do have life after upsetting Alabama um, a couple weeks ago in Death Valley. So they would be the first two-loss team to ever make it, which is why they weren't in that initial 13. Um, But I believe if they beat Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game, then it would be very hard for the committee to keep them out, especially given that they have had recent playoff success, national success, and just have a big, powerful brand. That certainly doesn't hurt anything uh, for the Cajun Bayou Bengals. Um, So yeah, the top four are Georgia. Well, I'm releasing, I'm recording this on Tuesday, but the rankings haven't come out. I'm assuming it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Uh, there in the one, two, three, four slots, respectively. Next, um, there's kind of the middle tier of teams 
who still have a really good shot. They might control their own destiny in the case of USC and LSU, or in Tennessee's case, they just have to sit back and watch what happens on championship weekend. But with their only loss coming at the number one Georgia Bulldogs, they're still going to have a really compelling case to get in. And then lastly, the last two that are bigger long shots but do have a chance are Clemson and North Carolina. The ACC has just proven not to be as strong as we thought it was going to be this year uh, with teams like NC State and Pittsburgh really dropping the ball down the stretch. So these two will play in the ACC title game, but even as a one-loss conference champion, um, they will probably have a pretty hard time getting in over any of those top seven teams, depending how things shake out, of course. The only of those top seven teams that I listed off that play each other are Ohio State and Michigan um, in a couple weeks, and then Georgia and LSU in Atlanta. So obviously, if really the only team that can be for sure eliminated is LSU if they play if they lose to Georgia which is a lot more likely of a certain outcome than either Ohio State or Michigan winning Georgia I saw the look ahead line already and they're about a 16 point favorite over LSU while I've seen that Ohio State Michigan line being in favor of Ohio State anywhere between like four and seven points over the last week or two so that's supposed to be a lot closer game than Georgia LSU but, you know, even if, if LSU won, then it would be really chaotic because Georgia would have one loss and LSU would maybe probably get in. And then Ohio State and Michigan loser would only have one loss. So it's, it, it could very well be a traffic jam up in the top six or seven spots. Um, so that's bad news, any of those scenarios for Clemson and UNC um, because the ACC just hasn't been at this year and they're going to need some other teams to lose and possibly lose big up there ahead of them in the top seven in order to leapfrog into the top four by the time things are said and done. Uh, really the biggest news of the last week was that the Pac-12 has yet again just about played itself out of the playoff. Um, we were talking a couple weeks ago about how there were three teams that all looked really, really good for the Pac-12 and had playoff hopes uh, still alive in early November, which is much later than normal for Pac-12 teams, especially three of them. That was, of course, Oregon, UCLA, and USC. Oregon and UCLA got upset by Washington and Arizona, respectively, this week. So they are as good as done with two losses each now. USC still sitting there with one loss. However, they do have a tough schedule coming up when they play at UCLA. Apparently that's sold out. I don't know how many of that is Trojan fans at the Rose Bowl buying tickets, but UCLA did tweet that out today. Then they play Notre Dame. And they have the Pac-12 title game against probably one of these two other schools. Uh, I think Utah could still sneak in there, possibly. Um, but three really hard games. I do not think USC is going to go 3-0 in that stretch. Um, although, if, if they do, then I expect them to be in the top four. Um, so, yeah, like I kind of mentioned earlier, talking about the nine teams that are still alive, the SEC and ACC title games are set uh, Georgia and LSU will meet in Atlanta, and for the a ACC, Clemson and UNC will play. The title game for the other three Power Five conferences has yet to be determined. 
a couple segments here, and we will move on to the Week 12 preview. Uh, Who's not back of the week presented by Texas? Uh, You know, even though Texas hasn't had the season they wanted to, we're going to give them a break after losing to the number four team in the country at home. No big deal there, but the Texas A&M fighting Aggies are now eliminated from bowl contention. I'm definitely going to find this clip and tweet it out, <laughs> put it all over social because I'm proud of it. But I predicted every year um, in the past, I think, 20 seasons besides one, there's always one team that starts in the top 10 that does not finish in the top 25. And I predicted that to be A&M, and I mentioned Notre Dame as well, um, but A&M was the better pick there um, as they will not even reach six wins this year. Uh, the classic joke about them just finishing eight and four every single season, that would be be a dream compared to what this season has been they play UMass who is maybe the worst team in all of division one football um, next week and then they play LSU so there's a very good chance they finish this the inverse of uh, eight and four four and eight and uh, with the loss at Auburn a team who has a interim coach who has never coached a football game before head coaching at least and on a five game losing streak Uh, They lost to that Auburn team that turned the ball over four times. Auburn was trying so hard to lose this game themselves. They were also... Both of these teams were on a five-game losing streak. And uh, yeah, congratulations to Jimbo. So yeah, really stellar job in year five by the $95 million man, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, Keep talking this offseason, buddy. Good job. Now let's move on to week 12. So we've got a few playoff game or not playoff game. Well, essentially playoff games uh, for some teams, and uh, you know games with other playoff teams. And then there's a couple rivalry games this week that are pretty interesting that aren't really playoff relevant, but as college football fans will still be a lot of fun to watch. So the biggest game of the week. USC plays at UCLA. Of course, now UCLA's playoff hopes are done, but they could still play for the Pac-12 title game. And, of course, with the victory this Saturday in the Rose Bowl, ruin their crosstown rivals' hopes and dreams of making their very first college football playoff. So that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, UCLA has been a running joke for many, many years now because they have about 40 people show up in their historic, beautiful stadium to watch them play at quote-unquote home games. And like I said, their uh, account tweeted out that the Rose Bowl is sold out. Um, it's going to be the most students they've apparently ever had at a game. Um, if you didn't know, Pasadena is like 45 minutes or an hour away from UCLA's campus. So that's kind of hard to imagine um, growing up, going to SEC towns where the camp, the stadium is the center of campus and walking distance from everywhere. Um, but it should be an interesting environment. I am interested to see how many of those sold out tickets went to Trojan fans. Um, I can imagine quite a few given UCLA fans track records, not that USC fans are the most loyal ever. Um, but their team has a, has everything to play for at this point. So I'm really excited for that game. I like USC. I think they've just been a little more stable and reliable. However, calling any Pac-12 team uh, stable and reliable is kind of laughable. So we'll see, but that should be a great game Saturday night. Georgia plays at Kentucky. Kentucky just handed Vanderbilt uh, its first SEC win in, I believe, 23 or maybe it was 26 um, tries. Uh, the losing streak for the Commodores finally ending in, in conference, dating back to 2019 or 2020. Um, so I don't think the Dogs will have any trouble with this one. 
Kentucky looking like their old selves, unfortunately. Tennessee playing at South Carolina. South Carolina has looked frisky at times this year. Um, I just don't see any way that they keep up with the Tennessee offense, even though it's on the road. I think Tennessee should be able to pull away in that one pretty easily. TCU plays at Baylor. Uh, Baylor with a disappointing outing last weekend, but I think that they're still good enough to give TCU a good battle on Saturday, maybe even win the ball game. Uh, everyone's just been waiting for TCU to slip up all season long, and now I think that a lot of people are probably finally on board after they beat Texas um, on the road there in Austin. Now they have to go on the road to Baylor. Not like these are long journeys for all the in-state Texas teams, but Baylor, you know, Dave Aranda, they're a tough squad, so we'll see. Um, I think TCU will find a way since they've made it this far and get to the last week of the season undefeated. Uh, Michigan plays Illinois at home in the big house. Illinois looked like they could possibly be contending for the Big Ten a couple weeks ago, but since we last talked, they have lost two straight, now giving them three losses on the season. They are a tough physical team. They're the type of team that plays a style of ball that can be successful on the road. However, Michigan has been so, so steady all year. I don't see them. It might be a close, you know, close first half. Michigan has started slow in a lot of games, um, but when they really need to, they can put their foot on your neck and really separate from their opposition quite easily when they really put their head down. Now some other games that are not really playoff relevant, but still just fun college football relevant. Uh, Bedlam is this weekend. I don't remember if this was the case last week. I know this was always growing up on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, or last week, I meant last year. I think that game was on the Thanksgiving Saturday. Um, but anyway... Enjoy it while it lasts. We're not going to get many more of these at all. Uh, so Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, a couple of disappointing seasons for both of these teams, especially the Sooners. Oklahoma State started really, really strong, but it has been absolutely crippled by injuries. Um, I just, I, I don't know who to pick in this game. I don't know the status of a lot of key Oklahoma guys, if they're playing or not. So probably a stay away. If anything, just bet the over in this one. That's always a fun watch and normally hits. I feel like Texas goes on the road to in a revenge game at Kansas. So this should probably be a pretty damn good game. The Kansas offense against the Texas defense, Kansas, of course, after the hot, start that got college game day to Lawrence has kind of come back to earth but uh we'll see we'll see if Texas if they can finish their season strong or if they just fall to another six seven win season so I think the Longhorns should be winning this game um but Kansas they you know they've they've proved that they have the firepower to to challenge some defenses and I'm sure it'll be a pretty good crowd there in Lawrence, which there's not too many times you can say that scout just said that she likes the Jayhawks in that one. Lastly, I'm sad this game has lost a lot more of its luster than I thought it may have at the beginning of the season. Um, Utah plays at Oregon. Even though both of these teams have played themselves out of national relevance, it still should be a really great game. Uh, these two teams played, I think, this same weekend and a couple weeks later last year in the Pac-12 championship game. And they were supposed to be great games, and Utah completely stomped them both times, just playing way too physical style of football for Oregon to keep up with. This Oregon team, I think, is certainly better. Um, they're probably going to be a little pissed off after the way that that controversial 
call went at the end of the fourth quarter in the Washington game. I think Oregon will get this done at home, but I expect it to be a very close, entertaining game. This is a late one, uh, which we'll just roll straight into the what I'm watching. Hey, shh. hush, almost done. Three time slots, the best three games of the day. Uh, honestly, not too much great going on here. Uh, 11 a.m. Illinois at Michigan is the most interesting one, in my opinion. This game looked a lot more interesting uh, a couple weeks ago before Illinois had dropped a couple straight, but maybe they can line up and play a physical enough game to keep it close at least for two or three quarters with Michigan, although I don't see it being a very close game in the second half. At 2.30 Central Time, Texas at Kansas. This one could get weird and fun. Not many relevant games as far as the playoff goes in this time slot. Um, But we'll see if the Jayhawks can upset the Longhorns two years in a row. 7 p.m., USC plays at UCLA. Um, this will, this is the one that I'm looking most forward to because USC has so much on the line. It's a rivalry game. There is supposed to be a big crowd, so we'll see there. USC is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, so Vegas thinks it's more or less a toss-up. And lastly, the Pac-12 after dark game of the week. Utah plays at Oregon at 9.30 Central, so that'll be a really fun fun way to send off the night there. Oregon is a three-point favorite over the Utes. Um, to wrap it up, best bets. Sorry I forgot to tweet one out last week. Like I said, just crazy week. I uh, might have won it, might have not. But regardless, we are still 7-3 and three on the season. So really proud of that, and we're going to try to get to 9-3 and three, uh, before the season is over here in a couple of weeks. The Pick'em Recap, this has been really exciting to watch down the stretch. We only have two weeks left. This ends after the last week of the regular season, week 13. Uh, the pack is separated a bit since the last update. I have fallen out of third and into fourth at a, in a pretty pretty distant fourth from the leaders. Will and my buddy Nate are locked in at 61 wins apiece. I swear these two cannot get separated by more than a game from each other for the past couple months. So it's going to be tight, tight finish for both of them going forward. And, and Dylan has finally jumped me after being right on my tail all season. She is in third place with 56 wins. So five games back of Nate and Will. So that will do it for this quick episode. We will have a guest on in a couple days and more guests on next week to talk about Rivalry Week. So sorry for missing out last week. Sorry for the short episode right now, but a lot coming up before we get to the end of the season and on into the postseason. So thank you all for listening very, very much. Have safe travels if you're leaving this weekend and goodbye.